So do we start with Amazon with MGM for nine billion? Is that what they're proposing? Amazon's trying to buy MGM. Yeah, apparently. Oh, wow. Apparently, they proposed like a nine billion dollar like proposal to oh, buy wow. MGM. The one I had heard about just yesterday, maybe the day before, was Discovery was looking to buy a bunch of Warner's media assets. Really? Including HBO Max. Oh, Discovery. Discovery. Shit. Yeah, it was originally, I guess, NBC Universal was looking to buy Warner, but they missed their opportunity, so now it looks like a deal's coming together for Discovery, which Good. seems like an odd yeah. buy. It is weird. But also seems less dangerous than, like, NBC Universal buying yeah. Warner Media. Because <laughs> Comcast is tied to MC, yeah. NBC Universal, and uh, we could talk about Venom. We can, we we can get could, we can, we can... <laughs> We could talk about how it literally looks exactly how we thought it would look. Yeah, I mean, it looks about the same as the first one, but like with another symbiote. I like how they changed Woody Harrelson's wig. Yeah, that's I guess... about all I could really say. <laughs> yeah, like it does. It does suck watching that trailer. I don't know why I expected Circus to pop more. Yeah, I guess as a director, I thought you would, but... or at least do something more like, like not in an edgy way, but like something more gritty with it. Yeah. In case you don't know, Andy Serkis, who is Gollum in Lord of the Rings trilogy, as well as Caesar in the newest Planet of the Apes trilogy, is directing Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. And, I mean, he's only directed... He directed Mowgli. Yeah. Uh, What else? I don't know what else he's... but, But it was weird watching that and being like... Wow, Mowgli had more creative vision in in a little bit I saw of that than this does. But then again, it's like, I don't know. What else? I I don't know how much he put into it or how Mm -hmm. how much it was just kind of like a studio vehicle. Like, hey, you're good at mocap. You want to just take over the reins for this? And he's like, okay, I guess. Probably the most fun stuff to read has been Batista. Like yeah, during Batista's Army really, of the Dead, yeah, he was. He, I mean, it's it. All the already all a lot of the articles make it seem like he's burning bridges or saying things that no one else is afraid to yeah, say. But in reality, really. it's, yeah, he's just being very plain and simple. Well, he's just with basically his things. point is just that I want to do other stuff besides like goofy blockbusters and meathead roles. Yeah, like he basically just he referred to his role in. Blade Runner 2049, which I loved hearing he's, him he's say great that, in that because he's awesome in it, and yeah, he, I would love to see him do more stuff like that. And it sounds like he really wants to do stuff like that. And, of course, he's got Dune at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like, from what he said, that he's got a really good relationship with Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. So he might continue to be in those films. But, yeah, I mean, more power to him. I He's fun as Drax in the Marvel movies and mm-hmm. love seeing him you know, be a big old brawler in blockbuster films, but, like, I would love to see him do other stuff because he seems like mm-hmm. maybe the best actor out of all of the, like, wrestler-turned-actors. He He's, like, a nice in-between of, like, there are those wrestling actors who have tried to make it into films and just don't work. Yeah. And then there's the other end of the spectrum, which is there is the Cena's, and then past that spectrum is where... The godlike rock, like that kind of area where it's like right. The Rock is now the most expensive or the most oh, paid yeah. actor. Not a which, great actor, but he's no, a very popular. No, but one. that's that's the thing too is right. like either you are a, you're a blockbuster hit or you're 
it, money height, money plane, which is I think yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the guy in that is the main yeah. guy, and that's from WWE. Yeah, I feel like Batista at least has the potential and has shown yeah. evidence of being you know a genuinely talented actor in his own right who can yeah. do more nuanced roles. It seems like every director who's worked with him and talked about him has said that he's very much always engaged in the projects and is always willing to be flexible as well as grow as an actor. Yeah. Which is, I think, one of the reasons why Gunn loved him as Drax. Yeah. Is it, because he was willing to take acting classes even though he did well in his audition. Yeah. He was willing to keep getting better and better in those roles. And the fact that he's got Knives Out too, which yeah, is a wonder awesome. perfect choice. That movie is some news to talk about too. All the casting yes. that's going about that movie. It's Catherine Hahn, Dave Batista. I mean, Daniel Craig's back. Daniel Craig. Somebody just got oh Leslie, Leslie Odom. Odom, Leslie Odom Jr., which is perfect because um, I love him and he's great. I saw a tweet that Paddington Bear had joined. The cast. God, I would love it. Honestly, unironically, <laughs> weirdly fit. Really if you, well. If you asked me, do I want a Paddington three or Paddington to have a cameo in Knives Out two? I would take he said a knives out too any day. And if he's the killer, even better. Oh wow, yeah. But um yeah, it's it's so weird. Like this last I mean week has I mean we've had news, but it's just been so mixed in together. Yeah, not, that it's not just... a lot of stuff tied together, a lot of random here and there bits. Yeah. And I mean there are there is some news about today's movie. So let's just get right into okay. it. You know? Hello, I'm Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. And this is Odd Trilogies with Logan and Andy. And on Odd Trilogies, we talk about a trio of films and we discuss the good, the bad, and the weird surrounding them. And last week, we started our take on Taylor Sheridan's American Frontier trilogy with 2016's Hell or High Water and 2017's Wind River. And we're finishing that trilogy today with the recent release of Those Who Wish Me Dead. The latest Taylor Sheridan film starring Angelina Jolie, John Bernthal, Nicholas Holt, had a simultaneous release with HBO Max and in theaters. And we thought, you know, it's in the frontier. It's in Montana, right? Set in Montana. I think they Set shot in Montana. it in New Mexico. You know, a thriller in the frontier. You know, yeah, it'd be, you got the crime it, thriller element that's common in Taylor Sheridan's movies. You mm-hmm. got the, the frontier element, the nature element that's common. So we were like, okay... This feels like it makes a little more sense to Mm -hmm. add to a Frontier trilogy than Sicario. Yes. No shame to Sicario. We talked about this last week. We love Sicario. It'll be talked about in a future trilogy. But our our presumption, if you will, when we were curating this version of the trilogy was that Those Who Wish Me Dead might be a, a better fit given the subject matter. So today is the day we talk about that movie. <laughs> and it's definitely the weakest thematically as well as yeah. film-wise. Yeah. It's... Well, and and kind of, you know, I don't I don't want to uh, be too self-deprecating here, but you know, when you when you're curating kind of an uh, you know, an an odd trilogy as yes. we do regularly, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes sometimes you're going to you're going to make one based on conjecture and sometimes you'll swing and you'll miss yes um kind of wonder if maybe we should have just stuck with the (laughs) the traditional version of the frontier trilogy sicario instead of those who wish me dead but Mm -hmm. you know what we we're here we've committed (laughs) we both saw the movie we have things to talk about so here we are here's the thing i'll just say it outright (laughs) this is on me mainly because when we were curating the rest of the year in terms of what we wanted to do for trilogies, because our main goal, we thought it would be much more interesting to have trilogies that are actually tied to newer releases, whether as we do an odd trilogy 
that is either tied to a new release or we do an odd trilogy and then we do a frequel to a new release, which we'll do next week as well, which we'll get to at the end of the episode. But with this one, when we were looking at if we could do a trilogy with Those Who Wish Me Dead as maybe a frequel, I just personally thought, like we said last week, that Sicario is more of a Villeneuve project. I feel like it's the darkest thing Sheridan has written so yeah. far and felt more like if we were going to do Sicario, it'd be more like a Villeneuve thing. So I thought it'd be a lot safer, but also a lot more interesting in thinking that Those Who Wish Me Dead would follow the same trend as Hell or High Water and Wind River <laughs> in terms of social commentary and the American frontier, taking like a genre film and adding a little bit more of you know, kind of interest to it by having more character developed stuff as well as talking about kind of the social situations in those environments. Right. And unfortunately, this film is pretty much a cut and dry thriller. No, not Nothing wrong with yeah, that. But there's really not a lot of social commentary. No, not a lot of social film. commentary, not a lot of deeper meaning or big takeaways or even really like emotional kind of no i don't know thematic unity here it's uh yeah it's just a it's just a crime caper cat and mouse game yeah. in a forest fire yeah it's a, it's a thriller about assassins trying to hunt down a child while a f- man-made forest fire is happening in the process yeah it's it's straight out of it literally is straight out of like you know an average crime novel yeah um it's just an interesting premise with a pretty basic plot mm-hmm. and surprise you know surprisingly from Sheridan not a lot of that added around the skeleton you know just yeah. just kind of the basics it's, it's a very solid script that is that is definitely Sheridan did a good job with it and it's very clear that the the film itself if there are any issues with it, it is because the fact that it's a two-hour film of a 400-page novel. (laughs) And there's only so much you could do about it. And I will say, I had my suspicions this would happen. Yeah. There was a little bit... Once you told me that this was a book turned into a movie, my mind went, maybe this is a straight adaptation and there's not going to be a lot of wiggle room creatively. And well, that's and kind of what it is. Yeah, not only a book adaptation, but like an adaptation of a book that kind of, you know, nobody's heard of and has not gotten a ton of acclaim. I think you said it best when we were talking about it. it the the covers of the book prior to <laughs> this film looked like something you'd see at like a James Patterson shelf at a Meyer. Yeah, very like, generic. Yeah, very... you would you would like the one section in a grocery store that has books and like there's five rows of James Patterson yeah. novels and then those who wish me dead's like right in the middle next <laughs> to the romances even though it's not a romance. Right. And I yeah, I, I don't want to slight the the author of the book Michael Corita too much cuz I haven't read the book. He might no, be a very good writer. Clearly Taylor Sheridan was compelled by the story that he provided. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say this movie is a great advertisement for the book. Uh, the movie does not make me want to read the book by any means. See, that's what's interesting to me is it. that's the opposite for my girlfriend who I watched it with where she was like, she was interested for the majority of the film and liked the film. But once I told her it was a book, she seemed like it was like, oh, well, I don't know if I, she had the look of, oh, well, I don't need to read, like watch this film anymore. I could just probably just buy the book and see if it's good. Because <laughs> that's the thing too is this film is a prime example of something I've noticed more and more with book adaptations, where you will watch this film, and even if you don't know that this is a book adaptation, 
if you've read a book in your life, you can watch this and go, this feels like a stripped-down version of a novel. And that's the film in a nutshell. Yeah, because you've got a, a lot, lot of, of shit sped up. Yeah, you've got a lot of just kind of core tenets, you know, mm-hmm. like basic outlines of characters. But, yeah. you know, and you're, you're just kind of hopping from one plot element to the next. But, like, things are happening and not being explained or characters yeah. are kind of lacking depth. And it's just like, I feel like there was something here. That is no longer here by the time it got to this point. Yeah, I I feel like the book has more of Joe Lee's character and the kid just walking through the forest. Yeah, probably. And bonding. Like kind of the road type shit. Yeah, because in the movie, there's not a lot of them walking and hanging out together. Yeah, we get like a handful of scenes mixed in with random killings by the villains. Yes. Who are cartoonish. Yeah, the, the, the villain. That's another thing too. Is the villains definitely have the vibe of they have interesting elements, or at least one of them has very clear like I don't know if I feel comfortable doing this vibes, but they don't have a lot of development. So yeah, it's all about how they act, and it's again, this is not a bad movie. I personally enjoyed it, and I don't regret watching it. But at yeah. the same time. It does not surprise me that out of all the films that HBO Max has released with the same day in theaters model, this is the first one to not hit number one. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, like it, 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 it just kind of lacks personality. I think um, the, the, it's not mm-hmm. again. It, it's not a bad movie. I put it pretty much squarely in the middle of the road. I think it's a very it's a mediocre movie. Um, but it's yeah, it's just so bare bones, and there's so little to grab onto emotionally or intellectually. Mm-hmm. Um, there's it's not saying anything, and yeah. what's what you're left with is just kind of straight thriller action stuff. And mm-hmm. what's there is pretty good. I mean, Sheridan clearly has a command behind the camera of how to make kinetic, you know, action moments. Mm-hmm. But there's just not a ton. There's not. I don't think there's enough there to make up for the absence of like subtext. Yeah, I understand um, that. So what I, you know, what I think about the previous two movies in this trilogy is they don't have a ton of action either. I mean, l- certainly less than you would think based no. on the trailers. Um, but there's so much else going on there beyond the a- yeah. the action is like fifth on the list of things to pay attention to in this in those movies. Yeah. The- in this, it's like action is almost taking center stage, but mm-hmm. there's still not that much. The main engagement for both Hell or High Water and Wind River, to me, are the characters. Absolutely. And the slowing growth of not only the story itself, but also the growing bond of the two leads. Yeah. Or the, the cops and the robbers and watching their history get unfolded right. and whatnot. And in this, again, it's just very straightforward. And with that in mind, I guess the question is to us, if you, as a straightforward thing, is it worth a watch? Yeah. Like it's worth a watch. I would say this is the perfect HBO Saturday movie, which is fantastic because <laughs> if you have HBO Max, you can watch it a year before it'll be on HBO because yeah. it very much has the vibe of, oh, that's right. There was that Angelina Jolie film that came out last May, and now it's on HBO. Well, I don't have anything else going on tonight. I'll watch it. And then you go, oh, that was pretty good. I liked that. Yeah. And then that's it. Like, it really is... A straight like it makes perfect sense that they're pushing the Yellowstone angle because it very much feels like they're trying to get yeah, older is... audiences <laughs> excited for this because it very much has that vibe of like it's 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 not a very young movie but it's not a bad thing either where it's like yeah. very much older characters who are dealing with 
trauma or becoming a new father or yeah. becoming it's all just very much like a, it has the vibe of this is probably going to have a decent amount of people watching it later than it really should in terms of yeah, making it's, its a, money back. Not a blockbuster in the literal sense, you know, it's not going to be... But at know, the same time, it, I think this might be the biggest budget Sheridan has worked with? It might be. It might be a little bit bigger than Sicario know. or a little bit less. It, it might f- be. Um, it is. It does have a lot more special effects than most of his previous films. Oh, the fire itself made it pretty clear that they put a, a decent amount of money into it. Yeah. Uh, early on in the movie, I think the, the fire effects are kind of subpar. But by the end of the movie, I thought like a lot of the stuff set amidst the fire looked really mm-hmm. cool. Maybe yeah. the best looking parts of the movie. Yeah. Because uh, overall, this is kind of, again... Um, you know, I, I felt like, I know he, I mean, he only directed Wind River. He didn't direct uh, Hell or High Water. Water. That was David McKenzie. But mm-hmm. both of those movies have such, I don't know, uh, lived-in looks to them. Yeah, they they feel, the, the visually, the way the stories are told is as if it's being told by somebody who lives in this world. Um, this movie feels a little bit more... I don't know, just kind of studio and stock. Mm-hmm. Um, like they just gave him the most state-of-the-art camera and then didn't color correct or edit or anything after that. <laughs> um, it looks kind of flat. It does. I would, I would say it would. it's probably... This is the weakest film Sheridan has worked on, whether it's screenwriting or directing that I've seen. He also apparently wrote, or at least did some work, writing work, on Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Yeah, he Which did. came out a few weeks ago. Right. Which I haven't heard the best things, but yeah, I still... Yeah, i heard similar I, things to this. I still of. want to watch it, yeah, just to I do see. Too. But as of right now, from what I've seen of Sheridan's work, I would say this is his weakest, yeah. the weakest thing that he's tied to. For sure. But at the same time, it isn't bad. It's just not great. And that's kind yeah. of where it's at. I mean, I do think Joe Lee does as best as she can. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely glad to see her again. I think she's yeah, really fun. She's in the a movie. genuinely talented actress who, you know, she she backs up the the kind of mm-hmm. I don't know the stratospheric fame that she has because she's not in it. I mean, looking at her filmography, she's not in a ton of huge things. Surprisingly, no. I think Maleficent she, was enough. Yeah, she, money wise and hanging out with her family. She's and, a lot bigger as a star than like any of her movies mm-hmm. really. Um, so it is nice to see her doing something like this, something that still has that sort of action punch, mm-hmm. but is also, you know, a little more grounded, realistic. It's not Tomb Raider. It's not Maleficent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, her character's pretty, pretty slim. Mm-hmm. Um, she does well. I think the real star of this is probably, um, What's his name? Finn Little, who plays Connor, the main kid. Oh, the kid's great. I thought I the kid did a really good job. Um, there are a couple scenes in this movie. Basically, I mean, the, the premise of the movie is basically that this young boy's father um, comes basically under the crosshairs of these two shady goons who don't like that he, being a forensic accountant found out something something that he shouldn't have found out found out too much let's let's get into this as well because that i'll finish the premise first then we can get into that basically he gets he gets pursued by these shady goons they kill him strand connor in the forest 
Connor comes across Angelina Jolie, who is a, uh, a traumatized smoke jumper who is now a fire lookout in a watchtower. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's traumatized because she, in, on, like, her last jump, she basically failed to save these three kids that she feels like she could have saved. So she's mm-hmm. racked by guilt and trauma and that sort of thing. So she's kind of grounded for the time being. And she comes across Connor, who is running from these two shady killer guys. And she basically tries to help him to safety. Meanwhile, the two goons, as a way of either finding the kid or killing him or distracting everyone else, start a forest fire in this, I guess, national park that they're in. Yeah. Uh, They don't really ever say the name of the park or the forest, so I'm not really sure where it is, but it's set in Montana. We know the survival school that the sheriff, played by John Bernthal, lives with his wife with because they 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 like run a survival school yeah and that's where they find out that that's where they think connor and his dad are going right and i they find out what the name of that survival school is and it's in montana yeah but that's about it yeah it's pretty indescript and that is yeah yeah but kind of going back to what you said those two shady goons and their motive is kind of basically the inciting incident of the whole movie is a huge i don't know gap for me because mm-hmm. we get nothing no, we don't. about yeah. who they are who these villains are what their dad or what connor's dad found out that put him in so much trouble um we, <laughs> we get one scene with tyler perry as the big scary shadowy boss man mm-hmm. over uh aiden gillen and nicholas holt um basically telling them hey you better get him that's basically all he says yeah. he's like get him or else and so then they start a forest fire, but, mm-hmm. like, we don't get any sense of of mm-hmm. what it was that set them on this path or why they're so hell-bent on killing this kid. Yeah, it is, it is mainly the antagonists and their motivation and what Connor's father found that leads me to believe that there is at least, there's got to be more information about all of that Yeah, and I in the book. Because it's, yeah. It, it, yeah, because you watch it and you go... So are they ever gonna say? Like, is, yeah. is Connor like is like because Connor read the because at one point Connor's dad writes a letter to Connor saying like this is everything you need to know. I hope to God you don't have to read it. But of course Connor's dad dies in front of him, and so Connor reads it as well as Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I don't but even we, know if Connor actually reads it. He just I think oh, he just, I think gives, he just it gives it to yeah. Angelina Jolie. Yeah. He just gives it to Jolie because his dad tells him like I hope you don't have to read this, but find somebody you trust and give it to them. Yeah, take it to the take it to the news, take it to yeah. the media. And you never really find out what that is. Yeah, you know you, that uh, the that district Connor's attorney, dad, Connor's dad, works for the district attorney, and the district attorney's house gets blown up at the beginning of this movie by uh, Aiden Gillen and Nick Holt. Yes, who again, two great actors. Yeah, I was really excited to see them both in a Sheridan film the same way when I saw Joe Lee yeah. and Bernthal. But at the same time, they are very much like the majority of Aiden's work is just. God, I hate this fucking forest. Like that's yeah, basically it, what he says. That's a that's a, a running gag that I think was m- meant to be more than it was. Like it felt like, oh, we should get an understanding of who this guy is from this mm-hmm. constant joke about, oh, I hate this forest. But it's like it comes out of nowhere, and he doesn't really have any personal mm-hmm. attachment to this place. He's, 
he just gets hit, uh, beat up a couple times, he's, and then he's like, I fucking hate this forest. And he's it's like, not okay, even, little finger, cool. He's not even been in the forest for a day. Yeah. And it has the vibe of, like, I can see this line being in the book, but maybe they've been in the forest for many days. Yeah, like, maybe they've been know. searching for this kid, and they basically had to survive on their own in the forest chasing yeah. this kid. It that is, would be more interesting. It is, again, it is one of those things where it's like, if, you were, if you're waiting for a bombshell at the end of the film where it explains why Connor yeah. needs to get killed... You don't get anything. Which you really it just are. happens. I think you're naturally, watching this movie, you're naturally compelled to expect some sort of bombshell like that because of how dark and scarce the plot is throughout. Because there, there's so little information given the entire movie that you're kind of expecting, okay, this is going to become something more because mm-hmm. it's deceptively simple. No, it's not deceptively simple. It's just simple. It's just simple. And I think, um, I mean... To a fault, to a major yeah. fault, I think. Um, and, you know, with, as, as far as the villains, uh, you know, not only do they not really get a motivation, for a second it seems like they're kind of going to get some... Uh, distinct character because mm-hmm. uh, you, there's a few sequences where Aiden Gillen's character is just, he's a lot more sadistic. He's willing to take that extra step to get the job done. And Nick Holt kind of hesitates or he's like, he like looks Aiden Gillen in the face like, mm-hmm. dude, are you still with me? Are you still okay? What's going on with you? I think this forest is messing you up kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. shows some hesitation <clears throat> when dealing with these kind of innocent people who come across them. But then uh, by the end of the movie, without really any motivation for changing, Nick Holt is pretty much just the same character as Aiden Gillen. Yeah, he just, he just, he just goes becomes, for the mission. He becomes the same mm-hmm. kind of cold, sadistic killer. And it's like, well, I thought there might be a point to that. Because, I mean, there's a way to do uh, a vague threat well. I mean, I could see a version of this story where we don't find out what um you know what what they were hunting connor for Mm -hmm. and it's still interesting because maybe they're the two characters are really compelling or they're like you know they don't one of them is all about the mission and the other one is like on the outs and is like i don't know if i want to do this and then there's some banter there there's but there's nothing really ever happens with that there's moments where it's like at a certain point when gillen and holtz are going to montana to intercept connor and his dad there are moments where it's like Nicholas Holt is just wearing like army green shirt and camo pants for any for no reason and it feels like the costume design is trying to imply that he's ex-military or maybe he is military. You don't really yeah. know what they're trying to say until he just gets back into his suit again. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like as much as I love Tyler Perry in dramatic roles because Tyler Perry in Gone Girl is phenomenal. phenomenal. And I would love him to see him do more of that. Right. It is weird to see him show up and you're like, you're not going to say that you're CIA. Like, literally, if they if one of them had just said, like, you know, they're CIA or FBI, if they're, right. like, a shady thing in the in the yeah. government or, like, like any kind of info, like, the basic amount of info. For a film like this that is already pretty stripped down, I just want kind of any, like, one-sentence thing where it's like, ah, that's yeah. fine. But by the end of it, it's like... Well, like I guess we just had to be happy that Connor lived, and they yeah. they made it work, right? Because I, I was actually wondering if the end of the film, like Tyler Perry was going to show up as like supposed to be a good guy, where yeah. it's like he's a, supposed to be like an agent, and it's like oh wow, it's like an in, yeah. it's like an inside thing, and they're scared. No, Tyler Perry just yeah. is on a 
is on a air is in an air like airstrip mm-hmm. and says one line and then gets into a jet and leaves or gets into a car and just leaves. Yeah, he basically just tells Gillen to, you know, do what he's already doing but more. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> actually it's kind of comical because what happens is they get to Montana. They they set up almost a like a basically an ambush on Connor's yeah, dad and Connor, stop. and they shoot the car. Connor's able to get out. Connor's dad gets blown to bits almost yeah. in his car, and they go, "All right, we're good." And then Nicholas Holtz is like, "Wasn't there a kid?" And Aiden Gillen's like, "Doesn't matter." And then they drive off, and then they're called by their boss. <laughs> they go to an airstrip. Tyler Perry, their boss, goes. There was a kid. Make sure he's dead. And then they go back to the same exact spot that they yeah. went in Montana. Have to leave and, them there. And then they just go down to the hole and could have done what they did initially. Right. And I was like, I if you're saying that they're like, it, like efficient, like yeah, that's one of the most least efficient things I think they could have done. Yeah. Like they just because like they because like Connor's dad when they crash, which the crash is like is real and it's like that's yeah, kind of cool. Looks pretty cool. That's cool. Connor's dad's like hide behind that tree, and the tree is very thin. Like it's not as thick as I thought it was. And right. I was like, you could probably see a curly-headed kid behind yeah. that tree, but no, they didn't see anything. No, because they didn't even go down there. <laughs> it was just so weird. It was. It's not a bad movie. I just think it's funny how simplistic it is compared to literally everything else I've seen Sheridan do. Yeah, and not and just. I mean, it would be one thing. I would. I would be totally down for Sheridan to do. Something like this, something just straightforward, you know, clean cut action thriller just Mm -hmm. for fun. Like, I think Sheridan could, I mean, this is evidence that Sheridan could do a really fun, grounded blockbuster. You know, if there's a a burgeoning genre out there inspired by this movie and Yellowstone of, like, you know, (laughs) blockbusters in the national parks, uh, go for it. Because, you know, there are moments in here where it's like, that's really cool. That's as good as, you know, you know, superhero movies or Fast and Furious or whatever. But it's like, mm-hmm. you got to step it up on the the plotting and the script. There's got to be something to latch on to here. I'm, I am curious to see who was the first one to approach who with this film. I, whether it was I Studio kinda... to Sheridan where it's like, hey, yeah. you're a really good writer. I mean, you're a great writer. You have a very great, like very solid show that people are loving. Yeah. If you have some time off in between, we have this film we think you could handle well. Or is this is this like a project that like maybe Jolie wanted to get back into the swing of things? Maybe yeah. she saw. I I necessarily my, don't my, know. Yeah, the way I guess I envision it, and this is based on very little, is that like, yeah, Warner Brothers was like went to Sheridan was like, hey, um, there's this book that we think would be good as a film adaptation. Mm-hmm. Seems right up your alley, right up your brand. It's a crime thriller in the woods. There's a forest fire. And Sheridan was like, you know what? That does sound like me. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. And then... There's blood, con- trees, yeah. creeks, guns, <laughs> everything Sheridan loves. Yeah, on the surface, it's all Sheridan, but uh, nothing nothing below. Yeah. The, the only thing, if you're really pulling the thread trying to find something, is maybe talking about the duality of the brutality of man versus the brutality of nature with the fact that like you have two assassins who are the antagonists yeah. who are literally beating up a pregnant woman at one point. Right. And thankfully it does not sound as bad as it is because compared to like Wind River, it, it really doesn't get to that intensity. No, no. But at the same time, it's like you do have an two antagonists who are 
willing to do whatever it takes to finish a job versus the brutality of nature, which is a forest fire that really could not give a shit what's in its way. Everything yeah. is getting destroyed. But that is that is the bare bones pulling pulling nothing out of yeah. a hat. Yeah, if you're re- if you're making that connection, you're making more of a connection than the movie itself is making. Yeah. So I would love to see so. you write more than like a one page about that. <laughs> because there's just not really a lot of actual substance in that thematic right. in that thematic sense. And again, this is a fun movie. I'm glad to see Joe Lee in a film again. I'm glad to see Bernthal, you know, being a good guy because I like good guy Bernthal that isn't yeah. Punisher. Even yeah, though I well, like I like Punisher, but I don't I don't want every one of his roles to be him <laughs> bald and yelling. Yeah. Well, and also he and uh, Medina Singhor, who plays his wife, honestly, best part of the they're film. They're the for best. Me. Yeah, they they get the best dynamic at least because they're. I mean, they're a really endearing couple. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she's she's pregnant. He's, uh, you know, a, a do-gooding uh, law enforcement officer in the park. He's the brother-in-law uh, to Connor's dad. Yeah, and uh, she is, she te- basically leads the survival school. So yes. it's, like, really kind of fun and sort of cute because they both have all these survival skills and they can kind of look out for themselves and also each other even mm-hmm. when they're not together. You know, there's a lot of moments where it's like, you know, she'll know to do something and then he comes around and he's like, oh, yeah, she did the thing that she's supposed to do. Good job. Yeah, the uh, the most Sheridan-esque thing in the film is the setup of the survival school at the very beginning because right. it actually comes back in unique and fun ways. Yeah, there are some good payoffs. The I Because when I saw John Bernthal's wife, uh, what's her name again, the actress? Uh, Medina Singhor. Medina Singhor. She kills it. I love her in yeah, this movie. Yeah, she's awesome. She's I've a never lot seen more. Her in anything before. Neither have I, but she just absolutely once she shows up, you think they're going to use her as like basically a ransom bargaining chip for Burnthaw to go find the kid. <laughs> yeah. And while to a certain degree it is used kind of. in that way, but they don't have her because due to her survival background, she does some wonderful yeah. things. Well, and Burnthaw ends up being more the kind of bargaining chip or the kind of lackeys because yes. yes. he gets basically forced to be their tracker mm-hmm. um and that, that those are some fun sequences too with him kind of resisting mm-hmm. the villains you know uh compulsions uh but yeah, yeah they they really get the most to do and then probably finn little as connor does a great job kind of <laughs> just showing how much shit this kid has been through. Yeah. There's some really good lines in there of just like, I don't know. A- Angelina Jolie will say something. Like, oh, she calls him buddy at one point, and he just yes. he just goes with the saddest look on his face. My dad called me buddy, oh, and Angelina just Jolie just goes, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's it, like, that's that's there cut are, and dry. I love that. It's there are three camps of duos in this film. the The weakest duo is Holt and Gillen as yeah. two great actors who are just not given a lot to do. So Nothing they're just they're just bad guys. There's the Burnthal ignore the situation where they're like they are very solid, fun characters that become even better. When you they start to utilize the survival yeah. aspect that was initially introduced, and then there's the Jolie and Little situation where both of them have very little to work with, 
but they use it so well. Mm-hmm. There's a great moment in the film where Joe Lee is giving him dating advice out of nowhere, <laughs> but it feels so genuine in terms of what Joe Lee is trying to be as a character. Yeah. Her her type of her her well, character. She, yeah, she's kind of a loose cannon yeah. yeah, rebel type, so it's like it's fun that she's kind of he, he's know, she's trying to stuff. she's trying to show Connor how to make a fire and to kind of convince him to like be engaged telling him how hot it is for teenage girls to see a guy make a fire <laughs> and it and she says it with so much sincerity and like she's so she's so cocky i kind of like i like the early stuff with her with her uh buddies even yeah. though her buddies even though like two of her buddies are douchebags because there's one scene where they make fun of a guy because he vapes right really odd scene but like most of most of that fun is well done because it shows how much she is hurting and how willing she is to just end it <laughs> like, yeah. to the point where Bernthal and her relationship is very interesting where it's established that they're exes. But Bernthal still cares about Jolie and knows that Jolie is going through something that no one else wants to talk about where it's like, look, don't. Don't kill yourself. Like you gotta, you have to talk about this. Like this isn't that wasn't your fault, right? And then she just like kind of, kind of slowly goes back into her shell until Connor shows up, and then it becomes again using Connor as a way to kind of make up for the accident or sin of letting those three kids die in the fire, and it makes it much more interesting that it's a lot of fun in between with those guys. Yeah, where the fact that like both Finn and her. Uh, or little and her just have a good time for the most part until they run into the fire and then they run into the assassins and then they're in the fire again (laughs) right yeah because that's another thing too is the film just like is really just speeding it up yeah like it's a hundred minutes and it really feels like it should be two and a half hours (laughs) yeah in terms of like having actual development because the fire is truly supernatural when it how just convenient it shows up and it's like oh wow this is spreading really fast like this is the scariest fire i've ever seen yeah especially because yeah there's an extended action sequence where the fire is just kind of subsiding off on one side of the of the scene and then as soon as the scene is over and done with the fire's moving at 40 miles an hour, just rushing down at them. And it's like, wait a minute. Why did it just, why is it, what's the stop and start with the yeah. forest fire? Yeah, it was like, at during the fight scene with Nicholas Holt, there's like a part where the fire is like slowly coming up to them. But as soon as Nicholas Holt is defeated, the fire is speeding up real yeah, quick. Yeah, it's like they're outrunning an explosion. They're, go, like, they're rolling down a hill and the fire is like gaining knee, on them. Like yeah. knee deep. It's like going so fast. Yeah. And it's like, my God. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun movie. I'm glad to see Jolie again. Honestly, yeah, I just I I just want Jolie and Eternals. I just want Eternals. Yeah, so when I, Eternals so when I, I want Jolie Assance to happen. <laughs> <laughs> every Logan's takeaway these days from every movie is I just want Eternals. Yeah, if is really when I see a film trailer, my my first question is how is it tied to Eternals? <laughs> and then number two, how invested am I going to be due to how I'm tied to Eternals' this character is? I mean, but in all honesty, yeah, I mean, Jolie has been regulated to mainly Kung Fu Panda 3 and then both the Maleficent films because she's she went yeah, through a public divorce, yeah. is a mother, has a lot to deal with. and Probably doesn't need to work all no. the time. Um, 
Yeah. But now she's I, back. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, hope- yeah, I would, I would love for this to be this and Eternals to kind of spur her off on another kind of streak of big movies. That'd be awesome. She's yeah. great. Um, yeah. I would probably say this movie's a little less than fun. Uh, I didn't hate it by yeah. any means. Uh, I, I did enjoy I, this more than you, I would assume. But at the yeah. same time, I don't love the suit. It's very, very much like... I didn't hate that I watched it. I was I didn't want all my time back. Nothing like that. Don't feel strong resentment for it. But also, mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't recommend it really unless you're like super into I don't know national parks or something. <laughs> I like or camping. I don't know. Um, honestly, maybe the biggest takeaway from this movie or the most fun thing about this movie is that it's like you know an action blockbuster that uses like actual survival skills to create set pieces mm-hmm. there's like a really cool sequence with the lightning where they're you know sort yes. of relaying the across heat, the, the, field. the heat lightning that's yeah good. that's a really cool scene you know just some of the getting to see some of these actual survival skills showed off i don't know how accurately they're portrayed there's probably more of that in the book i'm sure there's a ton i'm <laughs> sure the book is way more procedural and i'm sure it's better for it i was gonna say i'm i would read 20 pages of just her explaining like safety things in a forest <laughs> fire like i'm fine with that yeah, like yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, just in terms of the story itself, it's just it's entirely just going through the motions, and there's just not emotionally to latch on to. There's a couple fun sequences here and there, but I don't know. <clears throat> this is the type of film where you'll have a lunch with your parents or your grandparents, and then they'll <laughs> go. You know what I saw the other day? Is yeah. this like film with Angelina Jolie in a fire? And yeah. I was like, oh and yeah, be like, like, oh, it was really good. Yeah, it was and fun. And you'll watch it and you'll be like, yeah, yeah okay, it's, I can see fine. how they thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. It's like, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a film that you should take advantage of if you have HBO Max because, well, I don't think I would have regret seeing this in theaters. At the same time, I probably would have went, oh, I should have yeah, stayed if, at home. If you are interested in this movie, definitely stay home. It's yeah. just not worth the extra money. You should watch Hell or High Water and Wind River first and then, and then Sicario. Sicario. And then try Yellowstone, see how far you get in one go. Yeah. And then maybe think about those who wish me dead. <laughs> Honestly, if you love Yellowstone, you, there might be more for you in this movie. Because it's another kind it's of... all Sheridan. Yeah, so, nature yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a solid film. It doesn't really work well in this trilogy. But hey, this is the first time it's kind of one of these is misfired in yeah. terms of just one film in a trilogy. So hey, not always perfect. I take the blame. I'm just glad that we got to watch some Sheridan. <laughs> yeah. Glad he's still working. Yeah. Uh, but now, it's time to talk about our next film. You know, we record this live, as always. So, on the 29th, our next film is going to be a prequel. Because, in case you don't know, a little guy you might know, just a little up-and-coming indie director named Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. has a new film out. You know, we did talk about his... Snyder Cut a little while ago, yeah. and while I'm glad that, you know, that was out, it got the time of day, you know, it even got its black and white cut that, you know, everyone wanted. <laughs> you know what it's called, right? It's called Justice, Justice is Grey. Yeah, Justice is Grey. But um, now that that's out of the way, now that he is not tied to DC at all, this is his first original film since Sucker Punch. Yeah. 11 years later, we are getting the fir- the second original film Snyder has ever made, and that is the Netflix original Army of the Dead with Dave Bautista. 
which is why we were talking about him, yeah. because he is the lead in the film. A, a, casino, a Vegas casino heist set against a zombie apocalypse. Yes. What if a bunch of mercenaries tried to rob a Las Vegas casino while a zombie apocalypse happened and there was going to be a nuke dropped in 24 <laughs> hours? That's the one sentence I could say. <laughs> it's a wild film, and it's also going to be fun to talk about because... Netflix has already greenlit a prequel that'll come out by the end of this year, as isn't, well isn't as that animated. No, that's the anime series. Oh, okay. There is a prequel film and an anime series that is also a prequel. <laughs> so we will be talking about that in the next episode. So tune in on the 29th when we do our very, very last Snyder prequel for a while. For a while, we are going to do Army of the Dead. But until then, I'm Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. And thank you so much for listening. See you next week.